Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level, but didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. You got Bleep, Brad Dana, hashtag 393, and myself here, Ryan Maiman, in case you were wondering. Hashtag what? I don't, you know, I don't have a hashtag. Oh, giant sheep. Bigfoot. Hashtag Sasquatch. Hashtag Sasquatch. Oh, <laughs> that's not even legitimate. No, it's okay. pretty legit. Sasquatch is like hashtag lurch or hashtag. I think Sasquatch. You know, we have a baseball team in Spearfish called Sasquatch. Yeah. We do. Yeah. What the hell, bleep? We do. Yeah. And you I'm not that. I'm not that. So in any oh, way. Okay. You know what? So so I'm six foot and I weigh two twenty. That you can't consider me Sasquatch. Okay, so I'm a little <laughs> bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, what does my size have to do with it other than you're naming me after uh, um, Bigfoot? So, all An right. enigma. An enigma. Yeah, for sure. You know, I know a lot of guys, if the there mystery, really was however. a Bigfoot, would have seen it by now. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, um, uh, we will roll with that. Um, it's like a man having a baby and nursing. It's not possible. Um. What are we talking about today? Right, <laughs> right, right. Brian Martin's not here, so I have to yeah, throw in a little yeah, bit of his uh, stuff. No, anyway, hey, listen, um, we are talking about today prairie dogs, which we've not done one on prairie dogs. But prairie dogs, real quick story about prairie dogs. Prairie dogs are the reason I live in South Dakota today. So <laughs> we were going to Argentina all the time, my buddies and I, and we were doing some wing shooting in my 30s. And uh, I'm going to move that. I could hear that rattling in my ear. But anyway. Um, it was it was that in your ear or your head? Well, <laughs> technically, yeah, anyway, the inner ear is inside my head. So, gosh, you. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what happened was we were, we were flying back from Buenos Aires from Argentina. And my buddy said, dude, we should go. I've heard shooting prairie dogs is amazing. And I'm like, I've always wanted to shoot prairie dogs. So I landed in Minneapolis, drove back over to Wisconsin, and on the way home that morning um, from – because we landed like, I don't know, 9 or 10 in the morning. You know, you fly all night long, da-da-da-da-da. Got back into town, went – I saw a gun shop, and I thought, you know what, I should see if they have any, you know, prairie dog rifles or anything in there. So I went in there, and they had a Browning A-Bolt 223 and a Browning A-Bolt 22-250, did with, you buy them both? I did. <laughs> so I bought them both. Called it. Um, he did call it. And I was like, dude, um, I need some scopes put on there. I'm going to go on a prairie. So I went home, and I Googled prairie dog shooting, or I don't know if even the Internet was around then. I can't, can't say Google, but somehow I researched whatever you did before the Internet. I think, actually, there was an Internet then. And, uh, um, and what happened was uh, Scotty Matthews' place came up for prairie dog shooting. And so I called my buddies and I said, hey, listen, they're like, buy me a couple rifles, too. So I said, OK. <laughs> so everybody bought rifles and we went shooting prairie dogs and we sucked. 
and we sat there and missed more parade dogs. You had to walk them in. But we had a blast, and I loved Western South Dakota. Well, you were probably shooting a three-by-nine duplex. Radical, yeah, actually, yada, you know what yada, they yada. were? They were Nikons. Yeah. Yeah, with, with BDC rifles. Don't even, make, don't even so, make rifle scopes anymore. So we were just raising them up and yeah. doing the best we could. We knew very little about it. I grew up in Iowa, shot shotguns, twenty two yep. rifles. Yep. And I did have a twenty two that I tried to make an extended range twenty two. Mm-hmm. And I love shooting a long ways away. But anyway, so we're at this prairie dog shoot uh, at this hunt, and we're out there, and we all loved it. And we left, and this was in 2000. 1999, 2000, 2000, I think, 2000. Let's well, go with the Y2K Prairie Dogs then. Yes, and then you know what we did? What? We left, and my buddy Mike and Larry goes, wow, we suck at that. And there was a group in there from uh, Indiana, and they had scopes with twisty things on top. Mm-hmm. And they were shooting, and, and what it was was it was a gate manufacturing company, and I'm not going to name the name of it, but it was a very large gate manufacturing company. And they had a corporate trip booked in there. And um, and they had one guy that understood it well. And the boss said, buy us 10 rifles, and I want them all to shoot really well. And he had match-grade ammo built for them. And wow. so they came out there, and they were just flipping parade. And we were getting one for every 11 of theirs. And we went. My buddy goes, we need to find a long-range shooting school. So I landed at home, got back, and uh, went to online, found a long-range shooting school, and three weeks later, we were at Texas Pistol. And I well, started, So you went with the same guys? Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, Larry and Mike, and then Mike's two sons. Oh, who's, um, is, Larry, is it Larry Waddell? Yeah, that Larry guy? Waddell and, and, Mike, and Mike Tuttle. Is, oh, Mike Tuttle. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that's who we were <laughs> with, and the three of us, and we had an absolute blast, and we went to the shooting school. And then we left. But before we went to the shooting school, I read what they needed. And Mike goes, I have a gun guy. He'll get mine all set up. I said, good. So I read what we needed. And and Larry Waddell goes, well, Mike, just have him set mine up. And so Mike was like, okay, I'll grab yours. And I said, I'll figure mine out. So then I went home and figured mine out. And I went down and I bought uh, three night forces. (laughs) And off you went. And off I went. There was three a, to 15s. You had the three to 15s. You had the five to 20. Yep. 20 yep. And then the I had one big one. that The NXS yeah. radical. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway. So you were dialed in. So, well, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't know anything. But when I yeah. got to the school, they helped to set them all up. And they worked with us. And I was off and running in basically 2022 yeah. years ago. Prairie dog hunting somehow got all of this started. What do you think? Well, that sounds like a good story. It is. I mean, you were shooting. How much? How, how much ammo did you go through in Argentina shooting doves? A lot. Well, my buddy, I won't name which one, but his shooting his shell bill when we left the one day was twelve thousand dollars. I'm not surprised. Mike, <laughs> you, Mike, you go through. Sent me one of his little cards the other day. Yeah, and he was like, "I still can't believe you and Brian went to Mexico and spent that money." To fire oh, one yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> that was what that's, he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, we didn't. You should have sent him a letter back and said, Mike, au contraire. We shot one shot, but then we came to you and we melted our barrels down, and I left with a hickey. I had a burn hickey wow. on my neck because the barrel touched <laughs> my right. neck. Well, I, was, well, I, was, so, well, I, I didn't have enough bird boys, man. I didn't have enough no, help. I, was, I couldn't uh, keep uh, up. I, I, so I had to lean down and grab so, my own box of uh, shells. So when you got to South Dakota, how much ammo did you go through? Prairie dogs. Oh, um, 
You know what? So then here's what happened. So then, you know, if this is this game's a progression. So I literally um, I started buying cases of it and just having it shipped out to our lodge and left it there because we went three or four years in a row. And I would just buy I would buy five to seven thousand rounds for each year mm. and you know, miscellaneous. And then I would just have it of what we needed. And I, I had it, stacks of it there. And so when I met Brad, you know, at that time, I had now accumulated a, an ample amount. Uh, I'm talking probably like close to 30, three, 400 oh, rounds, yeah. huh? Wow. Yeah, probably yeah. close to a couple zeros, probably close to twenty to 30,000 rounds of ammo Jeez. that I'd accumulated Whoa. at that time. So when you got back from Texas, you were ready to shoot prairie dogs again? So we did. So then we booked a, another hunt out here, and we just kept coming back. And then what happened was, true story, um, I, I was uh, um, I called after the second year. I called Scotty up and I said, "Hey, Mr. Matthews, um, I would like to know um, I, what day can I book a coyote hunt?" And he goes, "Because oh, they had it on their uh, brochure when I was out there hunting." He goes, "Because I said, a kid growing up in Iowa, trapper man, I would do anything now to progress into coyote hunting." And he's like, mm, "I don't do coyote hunting." We have it on there because I have a buddy that I played against in high school football, and uh, his name's Russell Swock, and he is a coyote hunter. So the old Philip Scotties versus the Kado- what's what are the Kadoka? No, it, well, uh, or Midland, Midland, Midland midgets yeah, or something. Yeah, what are they? Oh what are they? <laughs> what a dumbass! <laughs> I don't know. Brian Martin's not here. But I don't I, know. Midland, Midland little people. <laughs> The uh, rebels, <laughs> the rebels. So anyway, so what happened mascot. was, so so I booked this hunt with Russell, and uh, I I'm like, dude, this guy sounds really old on the phone because he speaks he speaks Western South Dakota ranch. He speaks and that's an actual language. M- marbled cowboy. Yeah, well, not quite as marbled as Mumble. Jason, but quieter and and more broken up. It has a different. You know, they speak a lot, very similar. They, they do. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I literally, um, I'm like, because now it's 2001, and I'm like, I'll fly out here. So I flew to Rapid City, rented a car in the middle of the winter, came out to go coyote hunting, froze my tail off, and uh, um, went coyote hunting, and I missed I missed. Oh, my God, did I miss that trip. I missed and missed and missed. I'm sure Russell was like, all I'm doing is educating all my dogs here because this guy's <laughs> missing. And I, I had coyote fever, like, shit your pants type coyote, like, shaking. I was like, are you kidding me? It got me more fired up than any buck deer I'd ever hunted. Are we life. talking prairie dogs? Today? No, we are. are. we going to coyotes? We I are. Just <laughs> so, but, this, but, but prairie dogs is what got us here, right? So then Squirrel. I booked this hunt. And uh, Russell and I become best friends, and uh, I come out here for the next three, four years hunting with him all the time. And I decided, my wife and I were like, let's buy a house out here. So, so what people right. don't wow. know wow. is how addictive prairie dog hunt- hunters get. Yep. And yep. Uh, it's, so, a, it's a cult almost like turkey hunting. You're so right, when I, when I was at Nebraska, my one of my mentors, the guy Dennis Walvert, he is the guy that I, I learned to do the silhouette shooting with. He, he worked with gunsmithing and all that stuff. They were avid prairie dog hunters, and he, they would come out here, and they'd have, you know, their two, 250 Durham jets, and they'd have all these wildcats. They'd just 
come out here. It'd be a week-long trip, and they'd just go from town to town shooting prairie dogs. So not only is mm-hmm. it a blast, but it's a little bit addictive. Yeah, and it, my first experience was with Mark Hollenbeck down in Edgemont. I don't know if you know Mark or not, but he's got a nice little ranch down there, the Sunrise Ranch. It's got everything that you need. Yeah. You've got plenty of targets. Uh, yeah. Good practicing for your skills, you know, for long-range shots. Anything from 100 to 1,000 yards. And uh, um, it's it's really good practice. It's it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, Lindley calls it a arcade game that's live, and you don't have to go pick anything up. Yep. And the ra- and, and ranchers like Mark love it. L- yep. They they absolutely appreciate it yeah. so much um, because you're helping them manage a population that compounds like rabbits. Yeah. And fleas. And they don't and necessarily so, go to waste either. I mean, you know, no. you say you leave them there, but they don't stay there. No, 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 no. Coyotes. Um, yep. Swift they fox. They exactly built the right. swift fox population, so they reintroduced the swift fox over by the Badlands, and now they're all over down there. And their primary meal is, you know, prairie dogs. You know, they live on all those prairie dog towns out there, and they've done really well. And uh, they're the coolest animal to see because, and, and they're supported by prairie dogs. Prairie dogs, the only thing that Susie's ever hunted with me. She's the only really? thing she's ever shot. Is that right? Yep. She's probably sixteen. No really, way. she went and shot prairie dogs. Mm-hmm. No way. Lindley enjoys it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go take a cooler. So, so here's the question: DIY or guided? Because what people don't, and the reason I want to bring that up is because what people don't realize is that if you're a member, we will give you a whole bunch of locations to go do a DIY um, prairie dog. I spent the first three years I was out here finding every great prairie dog town on public land I could find. And I made a comprehensive map of it, and I would be willing to share that with our members um, and uh, if they wanted to do a DIY. But if you want to go guided, um, you can't go wrong going guided either. The, the reason you go guided for prairie dogs isn't because you're going to get lost in the mountains or this or that or the other thing, but it's access. Yep. Because you know, you're on private property. You're on private property. Yeah. And it, the other thing is benches. Yep. They, they bring benches out. And and you and you have you yeah, don't you're have paying for you're paying for somebody to bring a bench and a cooler full of water and soda and lunch. feed you and give yep. you dinner and, yep. and get you yep. there and if you want to go yeah it's it's inexpensive you know but uh, you don't need to do a guided but you can um, there's pros and you know the pros is you come out here and you got a place to go and and uh, and you got somebody. You know, kind of su- helping you with some of the gear and supplies, sure. and and you can go as hard or as little at it as you want. I mean, from dusk, from dawn to dusk, and I don't sure. think there's a limit in South Dakota. No, 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 no. No, I mean, no. guys that can go through nine hundred. Yeah, you, this is, so, you're you're limited by how much ammun- ammunition you've ammo you got, and how much time you have, and how how many cleaning supplies because you <laughs> yeah, exactly you're you're literally limited based that's on right. your economic True. ability yeah. to buy more bullets yep. and barrels. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, because like when I was a kid and when we shot prairie dogs, it was all different. You know, you, you just shot. I mean, it was whatever gun. You know, there was no twenty six hundred yard range finders and. Uh, so, which is one of the neat things about prey dog shooting or hunting or whatever you want to call it. Um, it helps not only fine-tune your wind-calling ability, but also your ranging ability. Because it's really hard to range those little guys. Oh, tiny targets. Super tiny targets. A lot of times you'll, you know, some of the, what we would do is we were collecting data with our 22 Creedmoor when we were working on it a couple years ago. Prey dog towns. And we actually had um, targets, steel targets set up on some of the prairie dog holes 
and that would be how we'd get our ranges at really oh yeah, yeah we collected yeah. data what 1280 yards or something with the wow. 22 creedmoor wow. so so what's the furthest out you've ever got one do you think estimate oh we're probably oh, i know i know oh. my my furthest one okay I, i've shot a prairie dog at 1350 wow 1,350 yards. That's world class. Yeah, well, and here's how I know that. Because getting a range on that, like he said, is next to impossible. But we know the corrals that are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and our range oh. will hit the corral. Yep. And the damn prairie dog is right between two of the corral posts. <laughs> so you knew. <laughs> and it was so on that, the third shot, yeah. rolled him over. Yeah, wow. so a lot of times, you, you, you know, but it, it helps with your wind calling ability, and you might miss, you know, you might miss a couple shots at thirteen hundred. But oh, it's yeah. teaching you, it's teaching you stuff you need to know. You know, okay, well, I got cool a right to is, left wind. I got a left to right yeah. wind. I got to okay. Yeah, I everything add a in the shooting schools that you this. talk about, because we had a yeah. podcast on shooting schools. Everything you learn there, you put into real world practice. Well, and it's funny because if you got a buddy out there and they're, they're and you're shooting together, talk about target acquisition. No, uh, okay, you, you got the right prairie dog. Okay, are you on the one? He's just to the left of the prickly pear, and there's a sagebrush to his right. And, yep, I, I got him. Did he just blink and look left? Yep, I got him. Okay, okay, we're on the same one. So it practices that. Yep, it, it another really good point. That. Okay, is it, is it, nope, that's the wrong one. Oh, okay. Okay, yep, no, we're not on the same one. We need to get on the same one. Okay, yep. stop. Get your binoculars out. Let's go back to the reference. Yep. See the three big mounds together? Yes. To the right of that, you see that flat? Yes, okay. He's just on the left side of that flat. Oh, I got him. Okay, yep. So when Brad and I shoot together, because we've shot together a lot, it's usually before we even we go, do you see? Yeah, I got it. Boom. We know exactly what we're talking about. And it's that fast because we're always working on that. Reference mm. points. Yeah, wow. reference how points. To get, yeah, I'm sorry. How to reference. get your target found and identified to your shooting partner. So, you know, okay, you see that you see that snag laying on the hillside yep. there, old yeah. snag pointing downhill and to the left. Yep. Go uh, horizontal fist, one to the left, you know. Okay, I got him. So, so just a, a practical application here, this big elk that you got over my shoulder here, Brad. Yeah. How far away were you that? 447. 447. 35 yards when he passed. The <laughs> okay. The that, well, that, that goes <laughs> 35 without saying. Yards, we 35 covered, yards. Yeah, we plugged that 35 around. yards. Right. Did I tell you I had that bullet 35 yards on camera? Yeah, I, I literally right. pushed that's him away did. and said, okay, you dumbass. You did. You're going to shoot a four-inch pull. And just okay. so you know, everybody should know this also real quick, just to add this. Okay. Okay, everybody. 393 is what we call him. That's at the weakest point. That bull legitimately, I believe if he got oh, scored, okay. would be over 400. Mm-hmm. And dumbass, Damas, <laughs> passed him at 35 yards in the morning. But anyway, go ahead. There you go. Well, my, my point was, you know, your your average range on an elk, when, you, when you're bringing down an elk, probably going to be what? 400? No, to, totally defend. Now, if you're hunting in black timber, it might be 27 yards, 42 yeah. yards. Got it. Depends okay. on the hunt. Um, oh, here's, oh, go ahead. Well, here's where I was going with that. So I'm, I'm thinking, let's say, let's just make, let's call it 500 yards. Okay. An elk at 500 yards is the same as shooting, same size target as a prairie dog at how far? Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough comparison. Oh, yeah, maybe 70 yards. Okay. So when you're talking about a prairie dog at 500 yards, that's, I mean, that is a minuscule target. Oh, you talk about. A hundred percent. A thousand yards. Yeah. So now you amplify a thousand or thirteen hundred. It gets stupid because honestly, it, that's to scale. That's a really good question. Yeah. That's a, I don't know what that scale would be, but with the windage. So a lot of times they're standing up when you're shooting at them. Yeah. 
Um, yep. So if yeah, they're, they're standing vertical. up and they're 900 yards away, you have a three-inch oh, yeah. windage window, right? Yep. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to call two minutes, but I'm going to favor – I'm going to hold left edge of him, right, or whatever. Um, so – Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, incredibly it's small so to think about. It's a minute – I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous to think yep. about. It's actually yeah. a really good perspective that you would – But if you get yeah. if you get really – pretty decent at it pretty good at that it's a really good real world situation um you know beta for going out and hunting big game in the west you're hunting in the same country that you're antelope hunting in deer hunting that's right yeah Um, in a lot of ways so i would give it this perspective okay because this is really good talking point i would give it this perspective shooting prairie dogs and then going shooting deer at mule deer at three to five hundred there you go yeah. You have honed in so well th- and, and, and gotten so good by aiming small and missing small that shooting a deer is like now shooting a piece of plywood at 100 yards at three to 500. It really helps. It's kind of like this. You go to Argentina or Mexico and you shoot doves one day. You shoot 1,100 doves in a day. And these little doves are like this. And they <laughs> then you come back and go pheasant hunting. And it's literally like shooting, <laughs> like a shooting an elephant. Train. It's like shooting <laughs> yeah. an elephant. Exactly. Yeah. And that is the, some of the same contrast that you achieve. And, and the confidence it builds is it's, it's, it's yeah, so actually, you, we're going to go shoot prairie dogs this weekend. Last, like last year, I took Mason and Bailey out. And that was their first time shooting prairie dogs. Target acquisition. Same deal that we talk about all the time. That's one of the things. That's a great way to get good at target acquisition because you know you might be a big old a lot of that country is the same big old flat or something you got to find the mound you got to you got to look over your turret find the mound get on your scope get square behind the gun and a great rifle for it Hmm. not that we want to start talking ballistics and rifle but a two two three with a higher a caliber like like a 69 Hmm. green sierra or something like that um I, I tell you what, we shoot our ARs a lot on the Prairie Dog Towns. A lot of people do. And 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 it's not so you can shoot more bullets, but the the follow-up and to read your shot, okay, I was a minute and a half low, da-da-da-da, and to make the adjustment, literally the, the programming, the muscle memory, right. what it does for you, it supersedes. You can get so much built in shooting yeah. confidence yeah, and I sh- competence. I shoot the 77 grain. I mean, that's not the ideal yeah. prairie dog round, but that's just what might shoot that. That gun's and a I 77. Shoot the 69. Yeah. Yep. My gun's a 77 grain gun. That's what I and shoot. You're out. dialed in at that. It's dialed in. You know, I mean, it'd be make more sense for prairie dogs yeah. to shoot 55, but. I have my gun set up with 77 grainers. Brian's a 69. But it emulates a caliber gun. Exactly. The BC's better. Yep. It, 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 you know, you're calling a win yep. that's a similar type scenario, right? right? Exactly. And so that's that's why we do the higher so, caliber. So that's yeah. actually a good little tip. Go that, ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask that about, you know, if people were interested, like what, what, what equipment do you recommend and then what opportunities oh, right. are out there? We're thinking the same. Well. So if you go <laughs> guided, you get benches, coolers, access, um, some of the equipment. And um, and in some scenarios they do lodging, which is really nice. And transportation. Other one, yep, transportation to and from the field. And the other one is the hotels uh, or a oh, hotel stay. We have we have some of these guided that that you get your own hotel, and the price is reflective based on lodging 
and and that type of stuff but even then they usually have a breakfast for you dinner on your own like we have a guy that does dinner on his own but and you got to get your own hotel but he has breakfast and lunch for you takes you to the field picks you up transportation shooting mats shooting stuff picks your shells up you, you know you're drinking he takes care of you okay that's what you're paying for and he's got access and that's to considered fully guided not semi-guided that, that that's what i would call it because yep. they're, you know they're, they're out there babysitting you and yeah. helping you spot them. right right and, and i don't want to say babysitting you but but they're out yeah there. i mean they're yeah. not they're, they're not helping judge a prairie dog okay that's a trophy that's <laughs> no, a no, shooter yeah, no. you know quite frankly well, that's yeah. quite frankly so, the best part yeah, about it some, the little green ones yeah. are the best ones in the spring so so right about now you know some <laughs> of the guys that really have done lots of you know they just like mike berg he he's done some stuff with us you know at the at the cave yeah and he's guided just and he just he, he just has zero interest because you just go out there and in the sit in the sun and watch people shoot and clean guns you know so mm. that's the other thing they'll a lot of times it depends on the person but some of them might clean guns for you stuff like that Yeah, they'll but, help you they'll spot yeah. for you you yeah. know because it is a developed Talk about developing your eye to see things. Yep. Um, you know, if you've never been out there, you take a guy out there, there's one, there's one, they're like, what are they, where are they at? And then you're like, no, I see them over it. And after about a day of shooting, you become really good at spotting critters. You know? So yeah. I would say I would bring multiple guns. I would bring more than one. This is not a one-gun armamentarium, right? Um, a what? A one-gun what? A one-gun arsenal. Armamentarium. Armamentarium. <laughs> <laughs> I want to swear. Do to that. I want to swear. I love right it. Now. I, I want to. I want to just call him up. So, okay. So I'd bring a couple guns. And I Thank br- you. I would yeah. bring. I would bring canned canned rifles. If you have them, if you don't, if you can, yeah. I would you, definitely bring something that's either braked or canned. If you have brake, make sure you got great ear protection. But you want to follow your shot. Seventy percent of the fun of killing these suckers is watching them flip in the air. Yes, <laughs> and laughing. Was, the la- the uh, there was an awkward pause there because you were yawning. Yeah, um, and that's the best way to shoot a prairie dog is when they're reaching up, yawning for wind. Actually, they're they're they're, they're using their senses. But anyway, wow. so you know you need a really good rangefinder if you want to you know bring a kestrel or a wind meter of some flavor. You bring all your um, toys from that perspective. Yeah, you know I'd bring rear bags. I'd you know I mean if you're doing DIY, you need to bring your own shooting mats, yep. your own benches, your own lunches. And you gotta expect to hike, cause I can tell you where there's some good prairie dog towns on public land, but they're gonna be the the good ones that don't get a, a molested by everybody driving right. by. Yeah, you're gonna walk you're, in. Walk you're up. gonna have to walk in three quarters of a mile. Yep. And take your stuff. Yeah, if you can get access on a reservation, they have. I remember when I was a kid. But you need in in the yep. state of South Dakota, you will need an active tribal member with a license. So yep. You gotta be careful there. Yeah. But th- but if you call here. Um, we have a couple uh, good guys that we can get you hooked up with, and you can do uh, um, reservations. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. prairie dog yeah. hunts on the res. I, I'd go as a kid. You yeah. know, Dave's yeah. Dave's wow. dad was a superintendent on Takini or where, yeah, Takini. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's and that's actually where they would take us. Yeah. They would they would get Richard to go with us, mm-hmm. and they would lease prairie dog. Eight ten miles of prairie dogs. Uh, you, wow! You, you can't. The village was eight to ten miles. The, ta- the, the dog town, town would yeah. be ten miles by seven. Miles. No way, oh, Brian! You've never you seen can't, anything. You like can't it. see. Insane. You just keep driving and driving really? and driving. I've and never seen. Well, that here's before. so here's the oh. thing about prairie dogs. You can't sit and shoot at. People need at to get Harry, right now. We'll Harry's brother, his cousin, his uncle, and his aunt, and 
at some point the, the family says, okay, that's enough. Let's just hang down low. I mean, so a bigger town is nice because you move on and you get a fresh, you know. Yeah. So you can't just sit in the same no, spot and shoot all I day. I particularly like to get to a ridge where there's two or three rolling ridges around it. On our lease, we have one town that it has a wash and then it has um, a broken dam grade and then it has a town that goes to the left. And what happens is if you move your barrel to the right and swing out on this ridge, the ones quit hearing it noisy over here, and then you can just swing around and work on them that way, and then you can swing. So there, there's wow. a strategy here when you understand the towns and the way they're laid out. And if you get in the right place, you don't move. You just swing your bench. No kidding. <laughs> wow. So do we not have a place that wow. we can just work them all day long? So how many dog towns you got out there? We have six, no, five, five dog towns on yeah. our lease. Nice. And the biggest one's probably uh, uh, 2,000 acres. Nah, more than that. Probably three. The one on the flat. It's hard to shoot all of them. Wow. But it's yeah. probably 3,000 acres. Wow. Yeah. Usually just coyotes. So, so when you dogs. guys ride there, do you generally have one guy spotting, calling when? Well, oh, how do you guys do absolutely. That's how you it's like to do it that way. It's more fun yeah. to watch one flip yeah. it over, and then if he misses, you shoot Yeah, it's it, not just a free-for-all. We try to we try to have have a method to the madness. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, it's like, like we said in, in some podcasts past, it's like our job, right? So we approach it like a job, and we're using a tool, and we're trying we to We don't shoot lots and lots of prairie dogs at 200 yards. We kind of go out there with that uh, intent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to... 350 to 600 is our sweet spot. We're going to work wow. on our windage. Wow. And then, you know, as as those now, dogs hey, as hey, those dogs go down, hey, then you go further let's out. Let's not hyperbolize or um, let's not bullshit <laughs> here, okay? If we're shooting at 400 yards and a prairie dog gets up at 80 and starts barking at us... Yeah, he's in trouble. <laughs> he's he, he's okay. in the There's danger gonna zone. There's going to be a red mist. <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> There's going to be a red mist. So, like last year, I started. I, I started taking my 22, and uh, a red mist. Why <laughs> <laughs> oh. am I laughing at this? <laughs> oh but your 22, God. you know, I got a turret on my 22 on the scope on my yeah, 22, you, and you, you know, I mean, it's just. It's not, that's not, my 22 is not a thousand yard 22. Yeah. But it's funny because those 40 grain lead bullets, they, they don't have a sonic crack. And you can shoot a prairie dog. Oh, and they just stay up right around. They're like, market. oh, you know. So if you don't, yeah, yeah, I mean, cows break their legs. If you got horses, yeah, they we're break their the legs. Buffalo. We're um, saving the cows. That, I mean, realistically, yeah. they, they ruin the land that they're on. Um, you yeah, know, there's decimated. no grass on it. They carry the plague. If I mean, the you don't. had half of the, if they had half of the prairie dog towns they had, they'd have two thirds more useful land. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's unbelievable. What's the reproduction rate? Do you know biologically? Two. Is it? Too much. Too much. Oh, <laughs> I, was gonna, two. I was just going to say, what the, are you kidding me? I think no. the litter of pups would be a little more than I that. Was, no. I would probably say, hey, let's. I don't know. I'll find out. I'll ask Dr. Google what what it is, okay? Um so uh And they and you know and the funny and they're hard like you mentioned before they're hard to see. You know, because of their coloring, they're, they're camouflaged pretty well. And yeah, they're, they, you spot movement or they're t- well, you know, I mean, you for. just you get used to it. I mean, yeah. it's it's an, an you know, I mean, you if you're new at it, you'll see the ones you see, and if you've done it but a lot, you'll it's see. more challenging than what some people might be thinking. It's a little bit, it's a there's a little bit more to it. Yep. Okay, here you go. 
They then have litters of – they're talking about after fornication. They then <laughs> – Give me a break. They then so have four. So, so it's it, four. No, they then have litters. I haven't got there. No, four, said, four. It's fornication. Fornication. Yeah, come on. They, they then have litters of three to eight pups, usually only half of which survive their first year. The average, yeah. So there you go. So the reproduction rate is pretty high. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. they're, they're not in danger of extinction anytime soon. Oh, gosh, they're, they're <laughs> so hard to get rid of. So ranchers try yeah. to get rid of yeah. them. Ranchers usually will welcome you because right. they hate them. Yeah. They destroy the – I mean, they, they have problems with their animals, you know, getting – you know, stepping in holes and getting injured. They eat all the grass. They mean, just rip up the country. Yeah. So um, they're not a well-liked – I mean, if they were – they should have called them prairie rats and they would have mm-hmm. been – you know. yeah, they, their PR would not have been so good. Hey, right. when I, 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 so for years, I had a Lindley and I had an apartment, a condo in Denver, um, and w- so anyway, for another business, and uh, um, eight years down there, and uh, we had prairie dog towns all the way around it, right in in yuppie Urbanville, million and a half dollar homes, and right where Jim Banano lives, he's but got they, pra- they he's vacuum, got prairie dogs. They vacuum they, they them out and relocate and the darn thing. Oh wow! They su- and they have the bubonic plague, right? So they suck them out and relocate them. Yeah. And I used to be like, "Are you kidding me?" And literally, we'd have red fox running up and down oh. the streets and coyotes. Wow. Because it was just you know there was so, so they tried to poison them. And, yeah. uh, you yeah, know, they'll use that. poison grain. But uh, uh, we know a guy last – what did he put? Like uh, they put little cyanide tablets. What was that that he used? I don't but remember. But you dropped him in the hole and covered the hole up, and then they got activated with moisture. So when it rained, you know, of course, so those are reliant on rain, and it would uh, activate the gas yeah. and you'd yeah. poison them. But yeah. um, they're really hard to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, so so clearly, you know that there is, there is a service there as well as feeding the coyotes, in which you go out and get the coyotes. Then after that, well, coyotes are, coyotes are on prairie dog towns. So you see a lot of coyotes, yeah, and you see a lot of rattlesnakes, a lot of a lot of badgers, rattlesnakes. I yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, so you got to be careful on a prairie dog town because there are a lot of rattlesnakes, and that's rattlesnake country. Yeah. So what are the things to expect if you're going out? Uh, yeah. You need sunscreen because you're gonna you're gonna be out in the sun. So typically, is if it you coteries or coteries, 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 is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. that? Okay, so within the colonies, prairie dogs live in family groups called coteries. The size of the coterie ranges from one to twenty-six, but a coterie generally consists of one breeding male and two to three adult females. Ooh, harem. So this boy is busy. <laughs> Forn- yeah. Fornification. Yeah, and there, and, and there isn't a... And uh, one to two year, yearling offsprings of each gender, Hogland tw- 2006, it must be the resource it comes from. But anyway, there yeah. you go. That, that's, that's it. So do, with, with that type of dichotomy, breeding... And having a lot of babies is probably, you know, can, they're, they're conducive to spread yeah. out amongst yeah. a major landscape. Yeah. I, would, I, I wonder how many, what the emic, uh, economic devastation of prairie dogs are. Find in, that. I'm, I'm going to find Google that. Google yeah, machine. Yeah, but one of the things that we've done is we've had, like, uh, you put a picnic bench in the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. And you can use that. You know, you, yep. a couple guys can shoot the same direction. Sure. You, or you can put, um, you know, shooting benches. 
the sure. back of a truck and you'd be mobile. Well, most of the time you'll dump those out and, and you set know, up. You know, if, if you were going to come out here from, let's say, the Midwest or someplace like that and do a guided prairie dog hunt, um, the only time I've ever done it, it's just been one day. I mean, are there like multi-day, no, two or three days? Only three days, yeah. Brian. Yeah. So, so like I've booked these before. One of my favorite hunts ever because, you, you, okay, you don't have to pick up your – you right. go out there, yep. it's, it's 1500 bucks. Let's say it's let's say it's a couple thousand bucks, okay? But you got meals, lodging. You bring your own That rifles, was my next question about the cost. Ammo, yeah. And they have shooting benches and shooting mats. And you know what I do? I sit in the truck and uh, sit there, and I get to set up my spotting scope and my buddies, and we shoot shoot and shoot and shoot and then we pick up the brass at the end of the day get in the truck pop a cold one i'm not driving it, it it's it's actually an amazing if you like like going on a fishing trip or fly fishing and you don't want i mean it's an amazing yeah. amazing Love that. yeah yeah we have you know one of the shooting schools we do we we have we're on prairie dog towns and we usually at the end shoot some prairie dogs because where we're at you don't uh, license is not required so hmm. Um, that's fun. Um, okay. So this is interesting. So the, the first thing that comes up is not about what the devastation is to the land, which you, if you would consider this, this is a bleeding heart liberal. No, site. no, 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 oh. no. Listen, no, no, it's actually, it's uh, ars.usda.gov. Okay. okay. So, uh, so maybe it is, but anyway, here's what they <laughs> do. Okay. They talk about, okay. The loss of pasture that's 20% occupied by prairie dogs reduces the estimated value of livestock weight gain by $14.95 per steer from $273.18 to $258.23 um, and by 2.23 from um, HA. Um, so I don't know what matrix that is, but 40.81 to 38 uh, 0.58 is is the pasture with 60% occupancy reduces the weight gain lower estimated by a value of 37.91 dollars per steer. So they have this economic evaluation based on the reduction of weight, and they actually have a map that shows where the highest reduction in um, value of livestock is done. And um, let's see if they have a total value. Um, I don't see it yet, but I will stand Yeah, by. they're hard. They're on hard on ranchers' pocketbooks. I yeah. guess. So anyway, yeah, I mean, what's that's that twenty? What did they say? What was the reduction? Thirty-six. Uh, Thirty-six bucks a steer. So what's that percent-wise on? We'll say so, it's a f- so. Yeah, well, it's two hundred seventy-three dollars to two hundred fifty-eight dollars. So that's a fifteen percent reduction. Yeah, fifteen percent reduction. So, so that's significant. Guys got three hundred head of uh, cows going to market. <laughs> that's that's it adds up yep yeah it's pretty yeah. significant or it subtracts down whichever right. you want to look at you yeah would, I would, that's a better way to say it <laughs> i would pay to kill those suckers yeah. Hmm. so yeah i don't know that's uh um it's fun uh, it's a fun getaway it's a fun it's a weekend you know it's a weekend type hunt you can i mean obviously yeah. Uh, yeah. you know a couple three guys come out and have a blast and um work on their shooting skills, yep. work on their ranging skills. You know, you find out where your range finder, where the reticle is, if it's true, if it's high, if it's low, if it's left, if it's right. You know, figure that stuff out. Um, 
figure out your wind calls a little bit. You learn to call the wind, bring your kestrel and Typically, out. this is the time of year. I mean, we're this is springtime when we're recording this. I mean, so this is this is this is a, a skosh early because you right now with some of the you know with the moisture, sometimes you can't get into places. Right. Okay. So you'll see it a little later is when it's, you know, through August, full okay. full bloom, you know. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to go out this Here's weekend. The we'll only problem with July and August is it gets so freaking hot, hot yeah. that you it feels like you're in a welding. I mean, they just – it gets hot for, hot. for us, we don't – in August, we don't go shoot prairie dogs for three days in a row. But we might shoot for two hours. Sure, yeah. You know, go out and – Yep. Um, you know, we're, for a guy flying from uh, – you know, Illinois or whatever. Right. Dennis in Peoria, as yep. you say, right? Yep. He's yep. going to show up out here. He's going to fly into Rapid or Gillette. Yep. Um, so he's already making a commitment. So it, once you you either drive for a day or fly, yep. you're going you're gonna to spend two, three, four days out here doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might you might go to Mount Rushmore. Sure. Go to Crazy yeah. Horse. You're here. Why go, not? Go through the canyon. Go through the Badlands. Uh, ba- and, hit and the Badlands. Here, here's a free tip for everybody. If you're here at the Buffalo Gap National Grasslands, okay, that's right out there by the Badlands, yep. right? And that's easy access. You'll have to hike, but there's prairie dog towns on it. That's 589,234 acres that stands right in front of your national park, the Badlands National Park, and it has 30,451 acres of prairie dog towns 30,000 acres? <laughs> So, it's like so, the size of Rhode Island. Exactly. So with you, I mean, think, almost they have they, that's, that, that's the highest ratio of booners <laughs> in Prairie Dog World. <laughs> a Boone and Crockett. Yeah, Boone and Crockett. That's what we call them. That's a Booner right there. Big. How do you suck. score a Prairie Dog? Uh, game? By, by how big the <laughs> mist is. How big the red mist is. Uh, how, how do we how, know that? How, how high the the decapitation yeah. how goes? And, 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 and then there's a bonus feature. Uh, Based on the elevation of flippage. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. how you score it. Uh, yeah. That's how you score it, and that's where uh. that's where if you like to see flippage, um, I will tell you this: velocity helps with elevation. Velocity oh. is king in that world. Yes. Well, I have so. heard of people taking fifty cals, not just ARs, but fifty cals. So, so it's f- it's funny because okay, I'm going to really blow twenty two so two fifty with a fifty yeah. green ballistic. You, the bigger the gun. Sorry. The less drama that there is. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you should shoot one with a well, 300 meg. It's just, seeing your own shot. Yeah, it's yeah. watching it flip in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we use, uh, you know, the, the you, I, we shoot some with the little 17s. No, 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 no fun. 22 to 50 with 55 grain uh, ballistic tips at three to 500. Will open them up like a zipper. It'll explode like an M80 and a toad on a summer day in Iowa. But you know what, though, when you were talking about follow through on a previous podcast about you know shooting schools and yes. stuff, you're talking about follow through, tracing your bullet. Yes, it's it's a perfect exercise to do that. You know, we shoot we shoot quite a few with six Creedmoors, and that's a, as big of a gun as you want to yeah. bring. You know, I mean that's 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 uh, way more uh, overkill. But, but what that does is if you want to practice on your 800-yard shots, your 900-yard shots, learn your windage, stuff like that. And plus, that's we always have one with us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and, and quite frankly, all of our guns are scoped alike. So Montana, whether it's, yeah. you don't need a hunting license to shoot prairie dogs. They're considered barmen. And uh, so just a little side note, if uh, there's a lot of 
public land prairie dog hunting in eastern Montana. Super fun. You can camp out early summer like this. You can camp out. Give us a call. We'll tell you where to go. Um, set up a tent. Have You know, you can do your own little grilling. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. You could put a shooting mat on your backpack, roll it up like a bedroll, hike in on some of these towns a mile, mile and a half. Nobody shot them for a year, year and a half. You could sit there. Your, the, the weight you put in your pack would be the amount of bullets and water you could carry right. to, to shoot all day. Wow. And you could have a blast shooting with a couple buddies you could get a little backpack in and it'd be a lot of fun and you could come out here for hundreds of dollars well not with gas not with biden's gas prices but it would be <laughs> cheaper than going anywhere else right now sure would it not would it would not be a fun mm-hmm. you want to so, hunt out west so awesome you guys are out. having shot you know thousands of these critters yes. how how often do you miss i mean well, it depends on how, how far you're shooting. Let me tell well, you something. Average bleep, bleep, shot. Bleep. No, 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 no. Now, you're, are you no, asking no. how many you're times asking. Brian misses Whoa. or yeah. how many times I miss? Yeah. Big, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah. I'm going to give you a lesson in this. The first day, the first day <laughs> I went shooting, uh, wing shooting with Larry Waddell, Mike Tuttle, and Rusty Crossland. We flew down on Rusty's private jet. We go out to, to go wing shooting. And uh, I'd never played the game before, and I come back, and I had, like, 70 doves. And these guys had, like, 200, 250. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but how many times did you shoot? That's what I said to him. Yeah. And I got schooled for, like, 30 minutes that you never (laughs) ask a question when you're yeah. in a volume scenario, yeah, okay? Cool. So anyway. It's like um, asking a rancher how many head of cattle do you raise? <laughs> how big is the ranch? Um, how big is the ranch? You never – don't ask that. Um, but anyway, I would say I, I would say it's one of the things we count is what's our percentage. And, yeah. and it, it, it's greatly affected by the number of yards between said prairie dog and barrel. So you just basically bring as much ammo as you can carry and then shoot it until it's gone. That's why I like guided because they carry as much as you oh, can possibly you bring for a truck. And then you set it down. <laughs> um, and that's why you bring three guns because when one barrel gets hot, you go right to the next. Um, you know what I would say in, for Brad and I, uh, it's a good question. Inside 300 yards, I would say we run about 75% um, at that 250 to 300. We work them pretty hard. Yeah. Those guns are dialed in. We get out past 350, you're running about better than 50 but probably yeah. 60 to 70. Wow. And then out past that, I'd say you're in that 40 to 50% range, you know. But the fun part about that is is when you get past 500, they don't connect the shot to the No, they wouldn't. to the to the to the concussion yeah. of the bullet like to the, to the the grenade going off by yeah. them. They kind of just look and go, "What the hell was that? <laughs> Maybe I should run back to my hole a little bit." And then, yeah. and it's hard to it's hard yeah. to quantify too because you might have a lot of times They'll have they'll just have their top of their head sticking out of the hole, and you know that's a three hundred and thirty-two yard shot that you're trying to take. You're trying to you're trying to not hit the mound. Yep, yep. <laughs> and hit the, you know. So I mean, you you might be shooting at a teeny tiny, yeah, yeah. Um, half dollar size target. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's all part of the fun. Yep, yep. So. Yeah. Well, if nobody's ever considered it before, there's a lot, a lot to it, and it's a lot of good experience, good fun. 
Yep. So I would go to rollingbones.com and check out our membership to see what it has to offer for you. We've, we've uh, um, alluded to it here today. Um, we love working with people. Service, access, value, and education, that's what we want to offer, and that's what we want to give you. Uh, hopefully today you've heard some of that in this podcast. Um, we, uh, we'd love to help you. Uh, Prairie Dog, I don't know if I'd call it hunting, but shooting. But some yeah, people call, call it whatever it. you want. Yeah, um, coming out and shooting prairie dogs is an amazing. You 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 can literally come and camp, set up a wall tent, have yourself a campsite, and 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 do it two three days. You can however you want to. You want to check into a hotel, hike in, do a DIY. You want to do guided, where you know you, we even have places that just have paid trespassing. They'll let you take your truck out to them too. We have those too. Anyway, you can find all this and more at rollingbones.com. Go to Adventures, um, click on the tab, do the drop-down Prairie Dogs, look at all of ours. We have over 400 outfitters and 1,000 vetted Adventures, one of the most comprehensive uh, hunt catalogs. Don't get Googled. We don't want you to get Googled anymore. Get a hold of us. It's part of our membership. And listen, we also um, have a help program. It's our exclusive hunting expedition layaway. Pay for your next trip a little bit over time until it's time to go hunting. We really can set up an entire hunt plan for you. Budget, monthly uh, payment, book the hunt, have it set aside, go, and every few years you're on your next adventure. That's what we want to help you with. Service, access, value, and education. We appreciate you listening. You can subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Give us an honest rating. Go ahead and click subscribe, though, that little button that really, really helps us make sure you don't miss it every Thursday when it drops. We drop every Thursday somewhere between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. Our, our, our listeners, you know, Scott Palmer, uh, um, you know, Jonathan Ankner, all, all the boys, right? The, the Muscatine clan, Troy and Brian and Hootie. Um, there's people listening all the time. David Schramm from back there in Minnesota. We appreciate um, everyone that listens to this every week. Make sure you are sharing it with everybody you can. And uh, um, I think that's about it. Any, anything else, Brad? Go have fun and bring lots of ammo. Please. Anything else? I think that sums it up. All right. Until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.